0: Do I have to hello? press. Got it,
1: then I know. Yep, you've got to give me permission to record you. All right, okay, there you
0: go. Permission granted. I ram- can't
1: record all your deepest, darkest secrets and broadcast them to the world without you saying this. I not <laughs> you
0: know I, mean? I am Mr. Boring.
1: Yeah, we'll see about that in half an hour, so an hour's time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, hello, we have Andy Barrett. Hi, Andy, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: Hello, Donna. Hello, everybody else. Assuming there is anybody else. But anyway, my name's Andy Barrett, or Andrew Barrett, if you prefer. Um, I write the CSI Eddie Collins novels, and also, prior to that, the Soccer Roger Coniston novels as well. Um, I'm a CSI, work for West Yorkshire Police. I've done for 26 years, and that's how I've been writing crime novel- novels for. tra
1: uh, did you always
0: know that you wanted to be a writer? Mm, I answered this question um, in a written interview recently, and I suppose the answer is yes, boring maybe. But yeah, I, I always liked creating things. I've always enjoyed mechanical things, uh, beautiful mechanical things. Um, I'm trying to think now of the correlation I made between the mechanical things and the writing, and I can't for the life of me remember what I said, but I. Yeah, I've always enjoyed writing. (laughs) I've always enjoyed creating things. So yeah, uh, yeah, I suppose so. I've always wanted to be a writer. My first written stuff was in the early 80s, and that was um, a book called Charlotte's Lodge. Oh no, prior to that, there was another one called Lord and Master. Um, That was horrific. We won't go into that very much, but Charlotte's Lodge was the first proper book I wrote. Um, And and it was okay, except there's a lot of head jumping going on. And each chapter. And I read it about 10 or 12 years ago, hoping to resurrect it, and oh, I've been, it's shocking. So, no, we don't go there anymore. That's one for the bottom drawer. That's the apprenticeship served, is that one, and the couple that followed it as well.
1: Um, so, two questions on the back of that. One, right. what made you decide to go for it and write a book to be published? And secondly, how did you end up as a soccer if you always wanted to write?
0: The both went hand in hand. I can remember the interview questions actually when I went for one of the the soccer jobs, um, and they were they were talking about um, what I'd done in order to research the bits of forensics that I knew about, uh, and part of that was pulling a body out of a river, uh, and I wanted to know if 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 the body was there long enough would the arm fall off if you tried to pull it like a chicken, you know, it's an overcooked chicken, and apparently yeah, it probably would do, um, and that sort of ingratiated them towards me i think it's one of the reasons why i got the job in the first place um so what was the second question and uh,
1: what made you part? finally take the plunge and start writing to get published
0: uh well I, before I, I wrote to get published i wrote i wrote for myself because i enjoyed it um like i said back in the 80s i, I wrote lord and master and it was truly atrocious but i thoroughly enjoyed writing I, I got a big thrill out of it creating things that um that only you can see, but, but hopefully the reader can see as well once they've once have got all of it. And, and I enjoyed the process, and it was very cathartic. And I, I just loved getting words down on paper, and I loved being in another world. Um, And then back okay, in so I, I've I've written Charlotte's Lodge, Naves Might, and another book I can't remember the title of. Uh, and they've they're in the bottom drawer somewhere. I haven't seen those for twenty odd years. And then in 96, 97, I wrote the first Coniston book, A Long Time Dead. Then I wrote Stealing Elgar and No More Tears in about 2000, up to about 2004-ish. And then I didn't do anything for a while after that, um, until the beginning of the third rule, which turned out to be the first Eddie Collins book. It was supposed to be a standalone book, but I was a bit stupid back then. I fell in love with the character and just didn't know where to stop writing. It turned out that the third rule didn't really belong in the series that followed anyway because it had a little bit of a political element to it. So it turned it from a pure crime thriller into something else that just didn't fit, which is why, um, fast forward to today, which is why I've written um, The Pain of Strangers and introduced that as the first book because that is a pure crime thriller. Um, and I forgot what else you were talking about now. Mm, no, that's
1: find That sort of answers. You'll you'll
0: get this a lot. I've been working very hard over the last seven days. I'm knackered now, but, so carry on. <laughs> what were you saying?
1: Um, oh, well, that's I right.
0: Said... the the publishing part
1: that,
0: that didn't come until about 2011, and in between that time, I'd done some script writing with a buddy from work, um, and that all went very well until uh, Michael Grade pulled the plug on on West on Yorkshire Television's drama department. But that's a whole other story. And then in 2011, a mate of mine said did you know that there's such a thing called Kindle and you can publish your own books? And I says, that's funny to publish. And he says, no, it's not. And I looked into it and lo and behold, it wasn't. And so I published um, Charlotte's Lodge and it bombed for reasons I've just mentioned. And then I published a long time, didn't it? You did very well indeed. Thank you very much. So that was the beginning, if you like, of my published career. I did have a, an agent um, in about 99, 2000. Um, and but it didn't go very well. And we parted company after about a year. And after that, I sort of realized that I think the, the traditional publishing world props wasn't for me anyway. So after, after dealing with him for a year, I went back and just carried on writing for myself because as I previously said, I love doing it. So it was easy for me. I loved it.
1: Um, so you briefly mentioned The Pain of Strangers, which was out today and is awesome and is already in my top 10 of the
0: year. Thank you very much. It's was very kind of to say so. I had a lot of good um, feedback from me. It's because it's
1: awesome. It it's because it's awesome, that's why. I- oh. <laughs> that's
0: that's <laughs> tremendous. I can't tell you how much that means to me because I wrote that over the last year and within the last year, we've had a little baby Lottie. Um, this is a new baby. Hold on. I have a picture of her. Can you see that? She's beautiful. Um, Thank you, Blue Eyes. Yeah. Everything about her is gorgeous. I've fallen in love with her. She's beautiful. Not to mention that I haven't, I'm still in love with my own daughter. early. <laughs> 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 um So writing that book was in fits and starts or stits and farts, whichever you prefer, over the last year or so. And I was worried it was going to be a very staccato kind of production where nothing flowed everything's got to flow properly through a book and and I was worried to death at this I got to the end of it and I think this, this is crap and I sent it out to two people and said is it any good because I genuinely didn't I'm not kidding I genuinely didn't know because you you get so involved with it you get you're too close to it if people say and so if you, I needed a a couple of opinions is it any good shall I bother publishing it and they said yeah yeah yeah, publish it yeah and people like yourself have been saying it's awesome ever since so uh, really, really pleased about that.
1: And it's only day one of the blog tour, so you've got lots more reviews to come in yet. Yeah,
0: that, I'm looking forward to seeing them, I really am. Yeah, and I also want to crash on with book number seven as well, but I can't do that at one because I'm very busy.
1: Well, yeah.
0: <laughs> People think it's just writing, but it's not. There's lots and lots of other things to do, loads of other things. To if you're an indie author like me, you're busy all the time. And I've got a family and I've got a full-time job that's 50 hours a week sometimes. So, 56 hours a week sometimes. So, yeah, it can get quite hectic at times.
1: I'll get the violins out for you, it's fine. Please
0: (laughs) do and send chocolates.
1: Okay, I can do that. (laughs) Um, As you're already working as a soccer, have you had to do much more research for your
0: books? No. No, I, I... I'm, I'm quite lazy. People seem to think that we are, because we, because we might wear white suits and we're going there with magnifying glasses and such and bits of chemicals and stuff like that messing about in, in crime scenes that we're scientists and we're really not. Um, the true science happens in the lab. We just collect the evidence that we hope is going to uh, carry the case forward. Um, so no, I haven't done a great deal of research. There are other authors out there who... Um, their plots are really in-depth scientific and quite often they'll come to me and ask me questions that I just don't know the answers to. And I have to go and I, I, I'll try to find out for them. But my plots aren't as deep as that because I don't think they need to be because mine's more about the character than about the plot anyway because I always believe that character's king. Story's great. You need a good story, I think, but I think character is king because people want to see him or her um, and then perhaps envisage themselves in the same situation. What would you do in this situation? So I think character is very important.
1: Yes. Oh, so, yeah. I wouldn't say that your book is any less detailed. It's just not mm. scientific, which is fine for a crime book.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm very lucky. I'm not. I'm not stupid. I know how lucky I am because I know there's a lot of authors would kill to do what I do just for a couple of weeks to see what it's like inside a murder scene or, or another crime scene. Uh, but to me, I, I don't have to go far into my mind to pull that kind of detail out. So I'm, I'm very, very lucky. I know I am. And it's easy. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that too much around other crime orphans. They might actually hurt you.
0: <laughs> I, I'm aware of this.
1: Uh, dear. It's good though
0: because I, I can I can help them out. I was with when I was bl- with Bloodhound Books several years ago. I used to get quite a few authors coming to me and asking me uh, questions via email, and and I still do now. Not necessarily Bloodhound authors, but um, authors worldwide. And it's great to be able to to help them. And some are kind enough to put me in the back of their book in the acknowledgements. So that's nice,
1: isn't it? Yeah, I've helped a couple since people learned about my degree. So good girl. Yes. Get some very funny messages. <laughs> it is <laughs> random. Yeah, how long would it take a child to defrost in the freezer? Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, okay. No yeah. no lead up, no hi, how are you, just... <laughs> hi. <Yeah. laughs>
0: we'll yeah. talk about that tonight, I don't think.
1: <laughs> Luckily, I know that crime authors are just weird, so it's fine.
0: They are. But sometimes um, they're... Uh... Their stories, their questions, go very deep. Sometimes they're they it's actually just happened. Do you know what I mean? Like the you were talking about the frozen baby just then. Never mind. I'm not saying any more on that one.
1: <laughs> I'll ask you after because obviously I'm fascinated because I love forensic. Yeah. So. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Does it not bother you like? Is it not a busman's holiday when you write about all the stuff that you not exactly experience day to day? But
0: um, that's a good question. You said you were going to ask some. That's one of them. Uh, it's, it's not a busman's holiday. Oh, I, 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 I love my job. I absolutely love my job. There's parts of it that I hate. Don't get me wrong. But I, the the essence of my job, I, I, I love, and I, I really do enjoy what I do. I've done it for twenty odd years, so I should do really. Um, but I enjoy writing as well. And like, like I say, most of my writing is concentrating on Eddie Collins rather than the crime scene. I, I, don't get me wrong. I, I want to use the crime scene and make it interesting for people. But I want I want people to, to focus on him. Uh, and that, if you read some of the reviews now for The Pain of Strangers, that seems to be what people concentrate on the most, which is just what I wanted. Um, so, no, it's not a busman's so They really enjoy my job anyway. So I'm happy to write about it. But I don't want to go into too much detail. You don't want to sound like an encyclopedia people are reading a, a, a fiction book for entertainment out they not for knowledge so just um, a soup song is all that is required i think rather than a main course
1: i know people if you did give all the detail then it's really boring and really long oh, anyway so
0: yeah, my, my job you get such backache such headache from it you it's people think it's glamorous because they watch CSI Miami and it's not all about yachts and sunshine and birds in sunglasses. Trust me, it's not. It's all about shit and the slugs and blood and you, sweating
1: you. your ass off in then horrible
0: yeah. soups. Oh, yeah. Cannabis found yeah. for eight hours. It is no fun at all, I promise you. You just
1: got that. That's all you've got of air yeah. <laughs> the rest of these cabins.
0: Yeah. I don't wear them damn suits if I can get away with it anyway, because the <laughs> sticky horrible things there. That's why I make such a big fuss about them in the books, because you tear them, putting them off. You tear them, getting them off. Oh, it's shocking. You you can't get to your phone. You can't get to your torch. You can't get to your radio. You can't get to your keys. So I end up with holes all over the damn thing when I've just, just put my hand through to get my keys or whatever. I hate the damn things.
1: Yeah. We only had to wear them at uni, and that was bad enough. Yeah. I did have to walk through uni once, wearing the whole lot. And obviously, there was a group of us, and everyone found that highly fascinating. Yeah. So, it, oh, God, this is so embarrassing.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is when you go out to your van. You're you wearing a full scene suit, so there's, there's all the television cameras there. The only good thing is that the cat not recognise you because everybody's dressed the same, but it's embarrassing all the same, you know? <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, if you were to take a character out from any of your books for a meal, who would you
0: choose and what would you offer them? Uh, I'm tempted to go for Eddie Collins, but I'm not going to do. I, I think I'd like either Benson or Charles, to be honest with you. I think Charles is a, a pretty funny character, and it, it doesn't mean to be funny. Um, it's just his old school is an old fella, and I've got a lot of respect for older people. I'm I'm getting there myself now, (laughs) but I've got a lot of respect for him because he, he, bless him, he he doesn't have to try to help Eddie and Eddie has none of it, does he? And he tries to cook for him. (laughs) He tries to provide a decent meal for him on an evening time and he gets no thanks for it whatsoever, even though it is burnt to a crisp. But he tried, that's the main thing. So I like Charles. I think I'll probably take him out for a meal just to get him away from Eddie for a while. (laughs)
1: Yeah, Benson's cool. Some of the lines between him and Eddie are just brilliant. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I like
0: him. I always have liked him. That's why uh, when I was choosing my characters to bring from the third rule, obviously Eddie is there, but I liked Benson as well. They've got a really good rapport, so he had to come along
1: as well. Oh, yeah, I'm glad you did, yeah, because some of them just laugh out loud (laughs) for them too. They're great.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have good fun with those two. I more funded, i'm entitled to I think really but yeah i do have a good good time with them
1: both i can see you sitting there chuckling to yourself <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. they, have, they have a good banter i mean i could get into trouble for things that they that they probably would say it, um <laughs> the giggles they have between each other that, i don't think you get away with it in re- we we cannot work it's it's funny writing i have lots of emails from people saying why why, do, why must you swear so much? Well excuse fucking me you ought to try working in our situation and it's just a it's just an F blast all day long. It really is and I've actually toned the swearing down in the books because it's like that all day long. Um and if you if you meet some of the young criminals that, that we meet every word's F. Really they could construct a complete sentence just out of fucks all the way through it. So um yeah those for those people who complain if you wanted reality i'm giving it as real as i can get it without being too coarse you know in the front of this particular book i've got proud to swear in british english and i think i'll put that in all the other books as well because the amount of people especially i love americans i've worked with them and i love them but some of the more extreme ones they've got no tolerance for anything else it's it's amazing Uh, so, we've had a couple of email arguments over the years with uh, with people who are a bit uppity. My, my final response to them is, Well, why do you read my books if you don't like swearing, really? So, but, yeah. Anyway.
1: <laughs> I say that about working in retail as well. I swear, I, I'm generally, I don't swear much unless I'm at work and then.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I wonder if it's an English thing uh, that, that people swear so much because but then again you watch some american
1: films and it's just like that all the way through i know yeah that's what always shocks me that they're so sensitive about swearing like they're always swearing they swear more than we do i swear <laughs> in films and stuff
0: yeah when I mean, you look at some uh, new zealand stuff or some australian stuff and <laughs> they're far worse than we are uh, so yeah i've turned it down a little bit but not much <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, A question that I ask quite a lot of uh, crime writers, which would be interesting to hear your answer is, if you were to be a fictional murderer, how would you kill your victims?
0: Um, Do you know, that one of the best ways I can think of is, um, in the pain of strangers, you know what I'm talking about. We can't give anything away, obviously, but, Nothing hides a body, a body better than nature. Really. A, and, and there's no greater force of nature than water, I don't think, especially if it's rolling over rocks and such. But um,
1: Yeah, that was a nice little touch, I guess. That was <laughs> what? Thick. A nice little touch.
0: Yeah, did you like that? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, <was so> <laughs> all, I really did. Could you tell? A little bit, yes. <laughs> yeah, and... burial is another good one if you do it right it's another good one and I'm not going to tell you how to do it right but just use your imagination you'll get there
1: (laughs) yeah I I love that question because genuinely people don't have to go oh I've never thought about that they're like oh I'd do this I wouldn't do that and I'd do this
0: (laughs) go back to the the breaking bad um, way of uh, disposing of bodies is it hydrochloric acid in a, in a ppe plastic bath they use or something like that that's another yeah good way. that's another good way but you've got problems of getting hold of materials and coping with the smell
1: <laughs>
0: yeah mm. yeah find some deep dark woodland somewhere dig a good grave you would be all right <laughs> <laughs> yeah you have to go deep <laughs> yeah you do <laughs> no
1: put doing a shallow grave isn't no, it no 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 yeah I oh, know, bless these lazy people that can't bother to dig properly. That's I expect. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if you were officially murdered, who would you want to investigate your case? Mm.
0: Uh, I think um, DCI Logan. <laughs> He's quite good. I really enjoy the. Uh, what is it? Yeah, I'd go for, I'd go for Logan and Eddie. Uh, yeah, they would make a good pair, I think. <laughs>
1: um what was <clears throat> one of the most fun themes in your books that you ha- that you wrote and what was one of the most difficult without spoilers if you can
0: well okay i always go straight to this for what was the most <laughs> difficult one to write and that's um in the third rule um i can still call him eddie because i've not rewritten it yet but eddie has a son called sam and sam gets knocked over and killed and that nearly happened. In my first marriage, I've got, I've got a boy called Lewis and he was about three or four and he ran down the driveway and and I just wasn't fast enough. I was chasing him down the driveway, chasing him like this, scared, scared shitless. And he beat me and he got onto the road. Luckily there was nothing coming and I scooped him up and away we went. And I used that in the third rule in that particular scene. But uh, there was something coming in that particular scene and he ended up killing him. And I had tears <laughs> streaming down my, my face when I was writing that because I, I let my imagination go, what would happen if? And I allowed it to happen and it's it's horrible. Raw, raw to write, really did not like that at all. And and the heartbreaking thing, like, um, I'm lucky enough to get a lot of emails from a lot of readers and one of the emails said that happened to me. And uh, you described it perfectly. I thought, oh, I felt so bad for them. <laughs> you know, to bring that back, if you like, for them, it was, it was horrible. I'm conscious of writing things like that now for fear of upsetting people, but they know what they're getting into, I hope. When they buy a crime book, it's going to have crime in it. It's going to have death in it, you know? So I felt really bad, uh, but not bad enough to stop doing it. Um, and the best, things, the best things to write is, for me is uh, dialogue. I, I, I love writing dialogue between two characters who are in, interacting very well, like Benson and Eddie. I love writing them. And um, oh boy, it wasn't oh boy, was it? What was his? Uh, what was the DI's name I used in um, in the Roger Coniston books? I can't remember his name now, to my shame. But it was 2004, so come on, you can cut me some slack. Okay. Um, yeah, and I, I originally called him Dio Boyle after. A D.I. or Boyle at Halifax that I used to work with in 1996, and I told you I got an agent. He got me an editor, and the editor said, "There's no such Irish name as O'Boyle," and I thought, "Yeah, there is." <laughs> anyway, they forced me to take it, which is another one of the reasons why I just bailed because they were forcing me to do things I didn't want to do, not of the sexual nature, just the, just in the books.
1: <laughs> yeah, <please>. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I don't mind taking advice from people, certainly, but uh, I don't like being told what to do. And I think that's happened th- throughout my life, really. <laughs> don't tell me what to do, I don't like. But yes, in a, to answer your question, dialogue. I love I love writing um, sparkly dialogue. And I like quite like writing prose as well. And I started off writing purple prose many years ago. Purple prose is when it's very flowery and it's more like a poem than it is uh, exposition, um, and I, I learned my lesson. I I, I read um, Stephen King and I read uh, James Herbert, Bernard Cornwell, all those people, and and I learned that um, exposition doesn't need to be poetic. It just needs to get to the point, um, and that's what I try and do now. Uh, so I, I like writing exposition. Shit, I just like writing, you know.
1: <laughs> Let's leave it at that. Yeah, you yeah, haven't mentioned that at all so far. I've never but got no, that impression I, at all, yeah. It's strange, <laughs>
0: <isn't it? laughs> That's good, though. It's nice when you enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Honestly, there's nothing like it. And, and I'm surprised there aren't more people do it. I know since 2012, um, when I began publishing it on Amazon, you used to be able to do um, a giveaway of a book and guarantee it hit number one because it had download eight ten thousand 10,000 times no problem and that's what happened to a long time dead and the last time I gave a long time dead away I think it was downloaded about 400 times now so so many people it, it's expanded enormously as Amazon um, and there are so many more writers out there now I mean good luck to them everybody should be a writer it's brilliant it's good for your head it really is uh, but yeah everybody should write get on
1: with it <laughs> Um I have actually written it sort of. I'm getting there anyway. Have you? <laughs> yeah. Super. Great. Talking you, to you lot. I couldn't be i I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Totally addicted. I just want to do it all the time.
0: Yeah. Why aren't you doing it now then, apart from interviewing me?
1: Um, blog tours. Yeah. And work. reading,
0: work, work. yeah. You know something I'm, I'm shocking at reading. I really am. Honestly, I, I would read much more if I could. It turns out that I read half an hour, three-quarters of an hour in bed before I drop asleep, and that's it. Uh, most nights. Um, but more often than not, if I've if I've got an hour to read or write, hmm, read, I write every time. I, I can't get enough of it. It's brilliant. I love it. But I don't often get to pure writing, you know, to first draft writing, because it's I've got emails to do and I've got the website to update, and I've, you know, it's all you don't want to hear about all the. The stuff that goes on but so much to do the foundation is massive for the little bit of a book that comes out at the top you know everything it's like a pyramid massive foundation to to begin uh, to maintain you know just to get a, a book a, a year out i mean some people write there's um mel Conley. she writes like one a month and you think how do you do this i have no idea and she's got a high standard as well so i, I don't know if No idea how people can do that, because I certainly can. Even if I didn't have a job, I couldn't do that. No, I (laughs) can't.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to cut down my blog tours, because I had two today. So I had yours, which I'd already read, so that was fine. Then another one, so I'd only posted about half eight, I think, because I hadn't finished it.
0: Yeah. Does it take you a long time to get into the zone when you sit down? with What, do you use a laptop or a typewriter or pen and paper? What do you use? want to write my laptop and does it take you a long time to mm, to zone in no. and get where you're at <laughs> just straight at it
1: yeah and I'm writing um I start writing a chapter and if I'm not feeling it then I'll just go on to another one and write yeah. what I feel like so yeah yeah so then at some point I'm gonna to have to get that mishmash of stuff into some kind of order but i worry about that in a while are <laughs>
0: when you it's a panster then or do you plot things out yeah Panster's the be- Honestly, that's the way to go. It really is. I, and I know one writer who who plots out uh, in the minutest detail. But, do you know, that would stifle me. And I'd be thinking all the way through, oh, crap, I can't, I can't deviate from this. And if you do deviate, then you've got all the rest of your plans that are out all to cock now. So, no, I, I I sort of see an ending somewhere. And that I aim for that ruffling. We get there in the end. And sometimes I get to that ending and I think, oh, this is crap. And I need to think of something else. The third rule, I I wrote six endings for that before I was happy with it. And there weren't like a couple of hundred words. they were 10,000 words each. (laughs) Oh dear. The time you waste on writing is incredible, especially when it's particularly crap or or it's it's an ending that you don't want and you throw it away and you start all over again. Anyway, that's part of the joy of us, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, I guess.
1: I know where, I know what my last line, I was laying down trying to nap. And then this line popped into my head and I'm like, I've got to have that and I've got to put it on my phone otherwise I'm going to forget. And then I couldn't yeah. sleep and ended up just writing it down I'm like, that's it, that's the last line.
0: About 10, 12 <laughs> years ago, I um, I tried some, on my mobile phone, I, I tried, um, what was it now? A speech to text. And I, was, I rattled this story off that, that was brilliant. Um, and then I went to sleep, and then I woke up the next day, and I had a look at what I'd written, and there was not one word on it made any sense whatsoever. The stupid damn software back then did not work at all, and I committed a story to it, and I couldn't remember the damn story. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, beware of software. Now I just if if I if I have to do that, I just use like a, a voice recorder on my phone, and then I'm all right for that. I, I can I can type it up from there. But that's all right. But never, never text to speech to text again. Never,
1: <laughs> yeah. You've got, although your accent isn't strong, but you've got a bit of an accent, I suppose, and that stuff
0: just doesn't like accents. No, is no, it. no. <laughs> uh, apparently, like, like there's dragon software now, which will eventually learn you and, and recognize you the way you speak. But, um, I know of, I know of, uh, of a few authors again who, um, write uh, who speak their stories, but I, I have no idea how they would do that because when you're writing, the, the act of typing gives you enough time to think of whatever's going on next, whereas when you're speaking, you're in the moment, and so how on earth do you plan the, the next bit, unless you've got lots of ums and ahs and uhs, I won't know what to do, so no, yeah. i would give you a keyboard any time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know one author that does that, and every now and then she posts some of her typos. Where she's spoken and some of them are hilarious. They're great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I guess she only posted really funny ones, but they are really funny. It's like, how on earth? (laughs) I think there was one where she shouted to the to one of her pets or something as well. That was really funny.
0: (laughs) Imagine that not being taken out and left doing some (laughs) kind of typo. Get down, fido. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Right in the middle of another scene. Oh, yeah, it
1: was great. It was hilarious. <laughs> um, when you do come to edit your books, what's your most overused word or phrase?
0: I've been told off, and now I recognize I use and then a lot. Uh, and so I do a search for that, and you know, I'd be surprised at how many times I can just put a, a semicolon in and get rid of and, or I can just get rid of then. <laughs> I can get rid of loads of. Uh, and also, I I find myself saying he looked and, and he smiled, but you, there's no need to include that. If you, you can think of all the machinery to use to get around that, there's no need to be so repetitive. So as I'm writing books, I'm learning more as well. And I'm trying to get better at it. I don't think you ever stop learning, do you? Especially where writing and stories is concerned. And so the more you write, the better you become, I think. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, doggy. <laughs>
1: definitely <laughs> not getting enough attention on oh,
0: about you do you do you repeat phrases a lot, a lot or
1: like right. really oh dear really it's mine yeah really really they really like
0: right. i know i'm
1: doing it now as well so i i try not to but you know when you're just in the zone it's yeah whatever. yeah yeah really
0: you got okay. you've got you've got to teach yourself out of it i find myself writing and then and i'll I'll just delete delete and i'll come back and try something (laughs) else more often than not can get around it sometimes i just leave it in because i have to sometimes i leave it in just to piss off this person who complained about it
1: (laughs) 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 oh dear um do you hide any secret jokes or messages in your books that only a few people understand
0: no not really um what you see is what you get with with my stuff it's fairly straightforward there's no hidden messages in it there's no no that's no <laughs> um
1: one person tried to get a link to alice cooper into all of her books because she's a huge alice cooper fan which i thought was quite funny yeah i don't mind that but no
0: i've, I've never attempted to do anything like that at all not that i can remember anyway
1: <laughs> <laughs> You'll find through something now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give a challenge out to <laughs> Yeah. I might do that in the next
0: one, actually. Let's see what, see what I can put in there. Yeah.
1: Little Easter egg. <laughs>
0: yeah. My <might> problem's <laughs> printing it. but I see.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll be fine. You worry too much. <laughs>
0: oh, I don't worry at all. No, I do. I do a real awful lot.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, have you made lots of author friends since you started writing yeah it's a
0: really good community there's a very they're very supportive um, most of them are just online and that's even excluding the last two years where nobody got out anyway um, I tend I tend not to go to many events I don't really like mingling with live people <laughs> Dead ones are better than they don't talk back. But live ones, I have problems with live people. I'm not really good at it. Uh, I'm fine over a keyboard. love it. Interact with lots of people over a keyboard, but I'm not really good in person. But, yeah, having said that, I've met some really good people. Yeah, Some people I would genuinely call friends, and that's, uh, that's something to cherish these days.
1: Yes.
0: I, I'm the same, actually. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, you'll have met an awful lot more authors than I have. Your blog tours and your, your interviewings and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's insane. And a lot of them have become
1: friends, which is awesome as well.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it is a yeah. close community. There's, there's, despite the fact there's thousands of them out there. I think, would you find that they congregate per genre? You get lots of crime writers together and then probably romance writers together and stuff. Because yeah. they'll, they'll mix in the same categories and the same Facebook groups and such, work they so?
1: Yeah, yeah, you get a few that sort of go in between, but not many.
0: Yeah.
1: Because it's interesting, I'm um, helping to organise an author sign-in, you know, because I don't do enough already, um, in May, and that's a multi-genre, so it's 60-odd authors. Oh, wow. And that's romance and history and sci-fi and fantasy, crime. Um, So it'll be interesting to see if they all sort of stick to their... I bet they do. Yeah, I, bet I, I
0: suppose well. there must be a few extrovert writers out there, but I bet 90% are introvert.
1: <laughs> and weird. You're all weird. Yeah. All of you, without yeah.
0: exception. I'm certified weird. I know I'm already weird.
1: <laughs> yeah. But then I think crime readers are weird as well, so it's fine. This is why we come together.
0: Nice big pool of
1: people, yeah. Oh, I've, by waving my arms around, I've done my 10,000 steps for the day. Oh, really? <laughs> That's
0: how to do it. Not to do with a big bang, just have a machine that does it for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, kind of defeats the object, there, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> so, just sitting around waving
1: your arms. <laughs> um, do you get a lot of feedback from your readers, and have you ever had any funny or weird feedback?
0: Yeah, lots of feedback from me. I have a large... Pool of um, art readers. I have um, a very, I have a tiny, tiny pool. You might call one or two people of alpha readers. One specifically, uh, Kath Middleton, my angel, and I've known her for a long time. She does all my alpha reading, and I have a, a group of about ten beta readers, and then I have between 150 to 200 ARC readers, um, and they're all very good at getting back to me. Uh, and I, 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 really enjoy it. I enjoy communicating with them. I enjoy their points of view because I'll read something as a writer that I've written. I think it makes perfect sense. And, uh, and to other people, it makes no sense whatsoever. And I go, ah, it's a little bit ambigu- amb- ambiguous. So you flip it around a bit and it makes perfect sense. Um, in, in the book I've just written, am I giving anything away by it? No, I'm not. If I, if I word it like this, Eddie gets into his van and then two pages later, he goes as fast as he can in the Jaguar and then he gets out of the Jaguar and closes the van door or something like that, you know? And that's because one of, one of these art readers said, you'd be better off him being in the Jaguar rather than his van. And I thought, well, yeah, okay, that makes perfect sense. I'll do that. But I only thought I'd mentioned it twice. So I corrected those two and left the two outer ones. And so I've had 30, 40 people mentioning this, which is really kind of a, but it also makes you wonder what happened to the other 100 (laughs) that didn't mention it, you know. (laughs) So you do get some really good comments. And I think for those people who are starting out, if, if you don't have a pool of uh, a good cross section of people to read your stuff and send you their comments, you're missing out enormously on on what you could do not to please everyone because I don't think you ever can please everyone, but I think you're missing out on on some, perhaps some golden advice out there. So um, as quickly as you can, you should build up some kind of a following or, I hate to call them fans and I hate to call them followers, but you ought to build up some kind of a pool of people who support your writing there. How's that?
1: I try and tell this to authors. Yeah. One of the first questions I ask if they want to know like, how to help promote their books, and like, have you got an art group? Because it's just gold, isn't it? You know, no. you've, you've got a team of cheerleaders basically ready to help mm. share your book. So yeah, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's the first question. My
0: first recommendation, get an art group. Then you're sorted. I've got um, a a, a really good Facebook group as well. Uh, Dee Group, she's my uh, admin on there. As is Patty. Uh, She'll know who she is. And Gail as well. And uh, Rebecca. And Catherine. They're all my admins on that group. And they're all brilliant. There's, there's no, they don't have to keep anybody in line because it's not that, it's not a fisticuff kind of group. They're all very genteel. Um, but they give excellent feedback and some terrific support. And if I'm not sure, I'm not good with people, as i already said, but if there's things need doing on there, I ask them, what the hell should I do? <laughs> and they say, oh, you do this. Now. Oh, okay. Do you want to sort that out? <laughs> so they're brilliant. So even if you don't, if if you're not a people person like I'm not a people person, get surrounded by some good people and they'll help you. And I can't believe how much debt I'm in with these guys. it's really
1: good. Yeah, they're awesome. You've got more admins in your group for loads
0: of fewer people than I have in mine. <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to, it's a worldwide group, um, as is probably all Facebook groups. But I wanted people who were there and available. Um, irrespective of the time of night and day, because I work night and day, so I'm, I'm never there all the time, you know? So I wanted people who I could trust who would, who would uh, look after things in my absence, so to speak. And D, she's doing me another big favour as well. She's looking after all the reviews. Um, I complained, I shouldn't really complain, really, but I complained that there's a hell of a lot of admin involved with um, checking reviews and such. Every time you send out a book, there's hundreds of people wanting to read it and a very small proportion actually review. And I think it's a bit unfair, that, really. So uh, to administrate it yourself is an enormous time suck. Uh, and it just, I couldn't get on with any, any writing because it, for, for weeks and months after the damn book was released, um, and I mentioned it to Dean. she says, oh, well, I'll do it for you. And so she is doing beautiful, really good, bless her. She's got a heart this big. She's a really good one. She
1: is. She is awesome, yeah. I met her briefly at Harrogate last year. Um, but I think she was poorly. And she says it wasn't alcohol. I'm not convinced.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'd be surprised.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I hope we have another meeting soon. It'd be good get together again. Yes, I'm on a mission to meet as many people. Um, yeah. as I possibly can. So, good for yeah. you. If you're yeah. an open, outgoing kind of a person, that's great. I'm not, that's the funny thing. I really, everyone doesn't believe me, but um, I mean, I went to Bloody Scotland on my own, which I live um, in Bedfordshire, so it's quite far. Yeah. And I, I mean, I was nervous because it's miles away and I was on my own, but yeah, I was like, nah, it'll be fine. I'll know people once I'm there, hopefully. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, good for you. yeah that's good. Yeah.
1: But yeah, I'm genuinely shy. But <laughs> I know no one believes me.
0: <laughs>
1: Honestly, that's what working in retail does anyway. It forces you to be loud. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I that's my excuse. I know what you mean. Yeah, that's my excuse, and I'm sticking to it anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> that's all I've got. And um, what was I going to ask you? Oh, um, if you were to able to spend a day with any author, dead or alive, who would you like to spend a day with?
0: That's an enticing one, isn't it? Uh, I'd say, probably say um, Stephen King's up there. Um, so is um, James Herbert. When I read The Rats and Leia and such, uh, I was blown away by those books. I have to be honest, I wasn't particularly keen on his last one. Ash, I think it was called. Um, but as a as a writer, brilliant. Same with Stephen King. I'd like to I'd like to meet him as well. Um, otherwise, Michael Wood. I'd like to meet him. He's a, I think he's sort of South Yorkshire way. Yeah, yeah. That that'd be about it. I think. Bernard Cornwell. He wrote the Winter trilogy, uh, featuring a character called Dervil. And the first book I read, I think it was missing either a finger or a hand, I can't remember which it was now, and I was gobsmacked by this because I thought, well, that hampers him throughout the other two books. I knew it was going to be a trilogy. And when it got to the end of that trilogy, I was gobsmacked. How on earth did this man conceive of this huge story? It, it was fascinating. I loved it. And I've still got more of his to read uh, when I get round to it. But, yeah, Stephen King, I'll go for him. I met Jeffrey Dever. Um skived off work to go and see Jeffrey Deaver at Waterstones in Leeds. That was good. Yeah, so I'll go for those, I think.
1: So back yeah, I saw um, I saw Stephen King, no question. Um, And uh, yeah, Jones Herbert would be cool. And Cathy Wrights, maybe, because she's the reason I decided to do a forensics degree. Yeah. Um. So What's yeah. character
0: again? I remember um, it last year. I can't See what I mean? <laughs> You've got the same kind of memory. Did you get yours from Costco as well?
1: You know what? I can read a book for four or five hours, finish it, character names, gone. gone. Every time I have to go back and find them, it drives mm. me insane.
0: Yeah, I know the feeling. I really it's do. i to say that. Yeah? <laughs> oh,
1: I shouldn't. I've read all of her books. There's so many. How can I not know one? I don't know. Is, <laughs>
0: Kate Scarpetta? Is that the one?
1: No, isn't that Patricia Corr? Oh, that's
0: it, of it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I should know that I used that in a book.
1: <laughs> yeah, she follows me on Twitter now, although she <laughs> follows loads of people, but I still cool. Uh, yeah, it
0: is, it's, yeah, it is, yeah, it
1: um, is, Ian Rankin tweeted me today, tweeted me back, back, and so did um, Lee Child. Really? So I have my little fangirl moments,
0: yeah. Oh, that's good is that I don't get anybody any famous any people famous tweeting me at all. They all yeah. still
1: me. yeah, Lee Child follows me. I'm like, oh that's cool. <laughs> I'd quite like to meet him as well. Oh actually.
0: well if he follows you and you tweeted about my book today, he now read he's read my name. Eh?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> Hi Lee. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And do you know his name, Lee Child, is a pseudonym as well. It's not really his name.
0: Yeah, but I can't remember what it is
1: now. No, I can't remember. I read his uh, biography by Heaven Martin, oh, which right. is why he started following me.
0: Ah, uh-huh. very good
1: yeah and now if I if I tweet his name then he retweets and says thanks and stuff it's like ah.
0: <laughs> can you not do a tweet with his name in it and my name in it and get him to Probably. <laughs>
1: but if I do a follow Friday next Friday then I'll do you and him in the same tweet and then oh, go. On,
0: there you go. Yeah. make a note of that don't forget go on. <laughs>
1: I'll put it in the notes on my phone otherwise it's no chance
0: Thank you. It's not like
1: I forgot our interview or anything. No, no, I understand that. (laughs) I was sitting there thinking, I'm sure there was one. I'm sure I told people that I had one at two and one at four. Yeah. Well, four turned into nine, didn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, better late than (laughs) never, right? It's worth waiting for. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I'll bless you. (laughs) Um,
1: So, when you're not working and you're not writing or reading or looking after your little ones, And you get, you know, two minutes of free time, what do you
0: like to do with it? Um, If I'm not reading or writing or family or working, I suppose I used to draw a lot. I don't do it anymore because if I get the chance to draw or write, I write. So I don't do that anymore. But um, Up there above my head, if I can get you to it. There, that Queen poster. That's pencil. I did that 30 years ago. And I've got other horror type ones. Do you remember the, um, was, it, it was, a, was it James Herbert or Stephen King? That had a, a severed woman's head on the front. cover like that. You probably won't remember it. I've copied that. I've done a couple more, a couple more drawings. Yeah, that, that, I sort of. Freaky ones. A uh, couple of them like that. There's another one with a... I call this the Skull and Sword, which is an abstract name, obviously. It's <laughs> <laughs> Skull and Sword. Um, but apart from that, I like watching films. My favourite film is The Martian, and I like The Heat and Ronin and all kinds of action films like that. I love them. And Sideways is an excellent film as well, if you like deep stuff.
1: I don't have time, I'm too busy reading.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, all right. Okay. Well, Although I did make exception to watch Reacher, and that was yeah. nothing to do with the guy's muscles or the yeah. fact that he took his t-shirt off frequently. Absolutely nothing at all to do with that.
0: Yeah, don't know. I believe you. I,
1: yeah. believe. I know yeah. thousands wouldn't. Most people don't. No. No. <laughs> it was good actually, to be fair, it was really good. Yeah. I've heard yeah. mixed
0: in reviews. I started yes. to watch, I loved the heat, At uh, heat rather. And I started to watch it nearly four weeks ago and I got 25 minutes into it. Prior to that, I wanted to watch Interstellar again. Have you seen Interstellar with I can't remember his damn name now? This is a conversation with me all the time. I can't remember, I can't remember, I can't remember. And that took me a week to watch it in two or three halves, two or three halves, two hours or three-thirds. I can't remember which it was. But I, I do like watching films, but it's not often I get to watch a full one in one go, do you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, generally I watch nothing. You know, I have the TV on in the background for noise, but I'm usually reading. But Reach, or I watch beginning to end in one go, oh, um, right. which is really unusual for me. But it was, yeah. yeah, it was good.
0: It's just a shirt moments, isn't it? That's all it is. It kept you glued to. It. Just
1: waiting for the next one. Yeah, pretty
0: much. <laughs> Very. This <full. laughs> <laughs> should come as something at eighteen, really, shouldn't it?
1: <laughs> no, nah, sadly, it just goes. Oh, it does get it down to his boxes. What were going to to his box,
0: <laughs> <laughs> dear. Well, I okay. watched Sex
1: Life, and that's painted me for life. Now, there's an episode in Sex Life um, where a guy turns around in the shower and is naked, and it's just like, whoa! <laughs> I,
0: I don't know what that is. Is it a is it a Channel Four thing or something? I don't know. Is it?
1: It was a Netflix thing, I think. All right. Oh. Yeah. That was just, yeah, <laughs> all the women know that scene. Oh. All the women, all
0: oh, right. Oh, I see,
1: yes, you're a Love Island fan as well. Isn't it? Is it Love Island? No, my god, I would not watch that trash. I would not. Oh, that's what I disgrace thought you were my telly with that. <laughs> right. Okay, yeah, no, I'm not. No. Yeah, I have standards. <laughs>
0: Right, that's
1: below the <laughs> <pattern>, isn't it? Right. <laughs> um, which uh, leads me, interestingly, to
0: who was your first celebrity crush? Ooh, I know who it was. Uh, see if you can get it from this. Partly because I can't remember her name, uh, and I'm not kidding. Oh, I just, just, just come to me. But anyway, she was on the Good Life. Hmm? You don't even know the Good Life, do you, because you're too young.
1: I, I've heard of it. I don't think I've seen it. And I bet I'm not as young as you think
0: I am. Well, I'm not inquiring. You don't inquire of a lady's age. You can but ask if you want.
1: I'm, no. I'm going to be offended.
0: No, it's all right. Go on, who do you think it is then?
1: <laughs> Felicity Kendall.
0: Think. Oh, that's it, yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, I'll tell you who else as well. Sally from Tiswals.
1: Oh. <laughs> You're the second person that said her. I had to look really? her up because, yeah, obviously I knew... Um, there were a lot Chris of perverts around
0: in the 70s and 80s then,
1: weren't there? <laughs> um, William Shaw earlier, oh. like, who could also couldn't remember the woman's name, was like, oh, is there, there was this woman and she took all her clothes off and that's all he could remember until he remembered her name. And it was um, the woman from the railway children, whose name I've forgotten again already, oh. uh, Jenny Agatha. Agata, Agata, oh. Whatever her name is? Yeah, but apparently she took all their
0: clothes off. <laughs> all right. right I could think the better people to take all their clothes if I'm honest with you, but <laughs> yeah, each just, to their uh,
1: own. Yes,
0: absolutely.
1: Yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, where's the funniest or strangest place you've ever woken up?
0: Um, that would be on a uh, the front seat of a Peterbilt truck in the desert in North Kuwait after a 40 hour shift doing um, on the rigs and I just I just crashed and the, the only place to crash was either on the desert floor or in this Peterbilt truck and the Peterbilt one but only just horrible things yeah that's it um, yeah there's nowhere stranger I've woken up I have walked up in some fairly strange places I admit with some fairly strange people as well but we won't go into that but yes I should say that is the strangest
1: I love asking that question because you see people vote shit, no, can't say that, can't say that, can't say that. <laughs> Which one could I use?
0: <laughs> How do you know I didn't do that? <laughs>
1: I'm saying nothing. No, don't. I'll ask you after, it's fine. <laughs> I won't be able to remember anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, oh, no, there was this, oh no, I don't remember. <laughs> I reckon you're just using that as an excuse now. <laughs> you just reckon what? Using that as an excuse. Oh no, really, seriously, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> um what else can I ask you and ask you questions? <laughs> oh, if you were able to travel to any period of time, either forwards or backwards, where would you go?
0: I wouldn't go forwards. I'd never go forwards. Because if you went forward by, say, 20 years and you stepped out of the machine and you weren't there, don't go forwards, whatever you do. Unless you're just going to have a look at the lottery numbers for next week, which is absolutely fine. I'd do that. Um, I don't know. I don't don't really know. I'd I'd go backwards, but I I wouldn't have a specific point in time where I'd like to go back to. I'd like to go back to... um, the 1900s or the late 1800s to see what life would be like for somebody like me you know working class dick and uh, but I wouldn't like to stay there because they used to sleep on ropes and things you know where sleep tight comes from it comes from not being able to afford a room or a bed to sleep on and uh, landlords and landladies would put a a rope up across a, uh, a room and you would get people slumped over it sleeping on it like for Tuppence tonight or whatever it was, if they had nowhere else to stay. And that's where Sleep Tight comes from, because if the rope was saggy, you don't <whistles> So, um, yeah, I'd like to go and see what things would be like, uh, but I wouldn't like to experience it for too long because I bet it wasn't very pleasant. Having said that, there'd be no technology, there'd be no mobile phones, there'd be no horrible damn scooters, there'd be no internet, there'd be no cables and pylons ruining your view. But he doesn't drink mucky water and have no running you know taps and things like that. So. Yeah.
1: And no anesthetic, no antibiotics, no sanitation, crappy food.
0: Yeah. Mm.
1: And then the wars to come as well. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. You see, you you now the position that we're in, we're thinking we're at the cutting edge, and we are, but only for now. Back in the 17th, 16th, 15th centuries, that was the cutting edge and look how retarded we, we think they are now. Do you know how backward, uh, but everything was... But you think about the, the stuff that they did in the, the 14th, 15th, 16th centuries, the buildings they built, still still around. You won't get that in Beeston these days, will you? No, you will not. Le- Leeds in a few hundred years will be a couple of buildings and they'll have be been built in the 18th century anyway. All the slums at the building these days, they'll have like gone.
1: Well, I live next to Luton,
0: and it already looks like that anyway, so. Is it? <laughs> yes. There's, there's no, there, I think, um, do we need craftsmanship anymore? Uh, but the stuff that they're building these days um, is crap. I went, it, Leeds suffered um, a few years ago from boiler thefts because of the, they'd take them to the scrap man and get money for the copper and such. And they were nicking boilers, not out of old houses, but out of new houses. Before they'd even been built properly, fully rather. Mm. <laughs> I went into one house as a burglary scene to examine where they'd taken the boiler from. And the burglars thought must have thought it was funny, had written, um, sack the security guard <laughs> right across one of the walls with spray paint, which I took a picture of. It was brilliant. Um, <laughs> but the standard, I won't, I won't say which house building it was, but you know, there'd be pipes running along the joists and they'd just be secured with a nail underneath them or something like that. It was terrible. And I thought, this is, this is 200 grams worth of house. And it's crap. So, yeah, but I mean, back in the old days, they might have used lead piping, but it was secured
1: properly. <laughs> Wasn't it? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And then just poisoning you slowly as yeah, well. <laughs> absolutely. Give your babies lead bottles. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Eat them <Yeah>. some mercury. <laughs> <laughs> um, so are you working on anything at the moment and what's coming next
0: for you well it's funny you should mention that because you know the pain of strangers has taken over from the third rule well it's had a knock-on effect for all the other books and so I am I've done uh, I've corrected black by rose to meet with the, um, the people nice. in the pain of strangers I've done The Sword of Damocles, Uh, I've done and Luck, and I'm now working on The Death of Jessica Ripley. I'm about seven-eighths of the way through that one. And then I've got The Death... uh, Sorry, um, This Side of Death to do. And then that's all the books brought up to date. All they need then is uh, re-releasing and a a new cover... uh, and then i'm going to take the third rule and have that as a standalone so i've still got that to do introduce new characters into that replace eddie uh, but i'm working on uh, number seven when i get time i'm working on number seven when i can't do the other stuff that needs two screens or whatever um so i've i'm about three or four thousand words into a, a new eddie book and i'm i'm loving it already i uh, i wrote i wrote down the story um And I I managed to get it bang on in my head and and it's coming together really well. I've only ever had, once before I've had, I I was filling the dishwasher and I had a story go plop and it just landed straight in my lap and I couldn't, couldn't write it down fast enough. And that became a book called 1977, which features an old guy in a nursing home and his name is Hunt and they give him lots of different nicknames and he ends up um, he ends up fighting with um, the people who are taking care of him because I can't really get into it really because I will release it one day anyway i've written about 40 50000 words of that and then i had to put it aside for um, another book i wanted to write things don't you think things barge each other out of the way you know it's not just importance it's a case of i want to write that one so i'm going to put this one aside now. So I've got that one to go back to 1977, which I'm looking forward to. But I do want to write um, Eddie Seven. I I don't even know if I can fit what I need to fit in that one book. There's so much happening. You you know me, I have a main plot and at least, well, a couple or three subplots as well. Well, this one, I've got a main plot, and so far there's something like five subplots. So... (laughs) i might have to just put it aside i don't know put a couple of subplots aside for for book eight or something i don't know but we finished book seven i can't even remember all of book seven i can't remember it all i do remember a couple of there were a bit of a cliffhanger um to book seven i think uh and i'm undecided whether to even finish it in book sorry there was a cliffhanger for book six and i'm even undecided whether to to finish that in book seven, I might leave it yet because you only get so many subplots in a 90,000, 100,000 word book, don't you?
1: Okay, and I've learned good. my lesson. I ain't going
0: above 100,000 anymore. No way. My first book was 260,000 words and that was a pig to sell. Really was. <laughs> so I ain't doing that again. <laughs> See, yeah. have you learned all you new writers out there?
1: No two hundred sixty thousand words, right? No third two hundred and sixty. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've reached sixty thousand yet, so I don't
0: do there's any chance of that. <laughs> well, once you get the, the the trouble with the trouble with the third rule, the first edition that was two hundred and sixty thousand, and I I gave myself free rein. I wouldn't hold back on anything. Um, there was five or six main characters. Well, five or six characters. Eddie was the main character in there, and they all had a story, and each story had various characters in it and various happenings, various situations that all needed exploring. And I just said, yeah, do it, do it, go on, do it. Um, Well, when I got to Bloodhound, and it was 260,000, I said, can you shave anything off it? I thought, well, I'll try. And I got it down to... Uh, it's now 180,000, so I got rid of a full book out of it. Didn't I?
1: Yeah.
0: So even that, you see, that is uh, the first book in the Eddie Collins series, it's still too big. Most people now, I mean, the, a hundred thousand word book is not a quick fix by any means, but it's it's a week's reading for most people, shall we say, or you know, three or four days, perhaps, or something. Hello, not but if you I give something, <laughs> yeah, if you give something hundred eighty thousand, that's a fortnight. It's a big investment of time, is that? And people on a Kindle reading it on a Kindle, they're there forever flicking pages, reading, 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 and they seem to be getting no further along. And I think that is a is a big thing why people love the third rule story. But I think. Some of the uh, reviews are, brilliant book, eventually. <laughs> and you sort of see where they're coming from, uh, which is one of the reasons why I ditched it as the first book. Fine as a standalone, not as the first book in a crime series.
1: Yeah, well, I think you've done a pretty decent job of, you know, sorting that out, so it's fine. We'll
0: you, let you. <laughs> Yeah, like I said before, I, I was bricking it because
1: I, I just did not know if it was a decent book or not, but I'm pleased to say you think it is, so that's all right. It's incredible. Oh. And I will continue saying it's incredible because it is. That is very kind of you to say, so thank you. And I read shed loads. Yes, so I to. Yeah. to have that much of an impact, it's incredible. Oh, that's brilliant. Is That's really good. Yeah. And I think that's quite a nice note to end on. Super <laughs> duper. I must have bored um, you enough. How long have we been on now? Uh, an hour nearly or maybe just over. I'm not sure. All oh, right, very good. I didn't even look. It's gone so quick Um, but before we go would you like to just remind everyone where they can find out more about you if they would like to and where they can get your boots from
0: well um the pain of strangers is only available on amazon um yet undecided whether to go wide on that with go to kobo and apple and all the other places and Barnes and noble or to keep it just on apple would you would you go wide with it
1: oh yeah everyone needs to read it
0: (laughs) Well, so anyway, I'll give that some thought. I've got three months to think of it because it's in KDB Select at the moment. So the people who have uh, are in Kindle Unlimited get it as part of their subscription for no extra charge, obviously. So, uh, And it's doing quite well on page reads at the moment. So I might leave it at the moment. Um, so uh, The Pain of Strangers is only available on your local Amazon at the moment. All the other books in Eddie's series um, are available Google, Apple, Barnes & Noble. Kobo, Kobo and Amazon and um, all the short stories I think they're available wide still I was thinking about bringing those just under the Amazon wing I don't know about those I need to write another two shorts another two novellas and then I can put six together in a in a book and I'll tell you what else I'm doing as well Um, i get a lot of people saying we don't understand what this means and we don't understand what that means and i don't mean police speak and i don't mean the letters that we speak you know all these jargon stuff i mean um english speak english slang people get stuck on english slang so i'm creating a glossary of um, eddie terms and yorkshire terms and police terms and i'm going to I'm going to do that. I'm going to publish it wide so that I can make it free so that people can down. And, you know, I'm trying to, I'll am trying i make it into a bit of a giggle as well if I can. But it does have a serious note that it, it can, if you want to refer to what the hell does he mean by this, you can look it up in this free glossary. Uh, so that's another thing that I'll be working on shortly. Um, and that's it. The, the Roger Coniston books, they are in Kindle Unlimited as well only available on Amazon. Uh, And that's it. That's all she wrote at the moment.
1: well, I hope your book continues to do as brilliantly as it should do. Oh,
0: bless. And and by the way, your viewers, if they go to my website, um, andrewbarrett.co.uk and sign up to my newsletter, they do get a couple of free books. Uh, One of them is The Third Rule, uh, like I say, a very long book, and it is going out of date shortly. Um, I'll change that eventually to another couple of books that they can get for free. But if you're in Kindle Unlimited, you can't give your books away. You've, people have to buy them from Kindle. I can't even sell them on my website because you, you're not allowed to. It's exclusive to Amazon. So it, the more books that you put in Kindle Unlimited, the fewer you can give away uh, on, like on your website. Uh, But certainly for the time being, people can sign up and read, I call it, on the website and get a couple of free books.
1: Awesome. Well, brilliant. Well, thank you very much. It's been awesome.
0: My pleasure.